not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Well, good morning, family. Come on, let's clap for Jesus. It's good to be in his house. True North, you doing all right today? Are you doing good? It's good to see you today in God's house. I'm grateful you're here. And everyone who's here for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today. Those joining us online, welcome. And a special hello to our family at SCI Chester in partnership with God Behind Bars. Can we show them some love, family? Clap for them. Well, we are in week two of a, a new conversation or a series, I'll, I'll say, um, entitled Savior that will lead us up to Easter and um, last week was a special day in the house, and every Sunday that we gather, what makes it so special is what the Holy Spirit can do in our presence and amongst us, and so I'm just grateful. Today, um, I've asked um, someone who's very special to me to come and share uh, with you and to encourage you, um, Dr. Don Litchie. Um, I-, I could spend a lot of time going through his credentials and his journey, but I will tell you this. He's a man who loves God. He loves the church. And he loves fulfilling the call upon his life, which has really been carrying a mantle as a Christian psycho- uh, psychologist to help um, those who are struggling. Um, he has counseled me in seasons of difficulty and um, in seasons of health. Um, he's advised me and directed me as he has thousands of ministers across the country. He oversees a large facility in Akron, Ohio, and he has been a voice assisting us as a church in pioneering um, what we believe God has called us to do in launching our wellness center, which will begin very soon right down there, which we're excited about. And so as he, before he comes, will you show some honor? Will you stand to your feet? You're like, I just sat down. I know you did. It's all right. Um, will you put your hands together and welcome Dr. Don? Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Please be seated. Wow, there's more than one way to get a standing ovation. Just stand up and clap. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, If you have your Bibles, please, uh, we're going to start in a number of places. I'm just going to begin at the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I uh, just want to say this to those of you maybe who are near, uh, who are new to uh, True North, uh, and those of you who have been here for a while, I just want to say with all of my heart, this, this church is the real deal. And you have people here that are absolutely passionate, dedicated to seeing you grow up and mature in Christ. And uh, you know, what can I say, Pastor Jesse and Liza, thank you for the warm welcome, thank you church for welcoming me and for those that are watching online. You know, we've been around, I've been doing this work for about 37 years and about 47,000 hours of clinical work. And 
I've learned a few things along the way. One is that I know that it's possible to be somewhere in your body and be somewhere else in your mind and spirit. It's possible to, be, to do that. And one of the reasons why we have this time of gathering together and we take the time to you know, just celebrate and jump around and, and worship together with wonderful music. And we're gonna, t- we're gonna send it out to our worship team because our worship team allows us for our heart and mind to be in the same place where our bodies are. Isn't that good? So shout it out to the worship team. Thank you for, for what they do to lead us and help us do that. So I, I praise God for that. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. And I know that uh, Pastor Jesse's uh, in the midst of a, a new series really talking about Jesus, our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. He's our sanctifier. He is our Lord. He is our coming King. He is the one who is everything that, that we're about. He is really the bridegroom and the church is the bride. And people like me get to come along and just kind of be his assistant once in a while and come alongside to be an attendant to the bridegroom. So I just wanna say thank you for being here. Um, it is beyond a delight. It's a joy to be with you and to open God's word and to share the truths of God's word. I will say this, that you know I'm kinda glad that we're not having to wear the mask as much, anyone agree with that, yes? <laughs> but, uh, but I'm also aware that for many people, they have been wearing masks for a long time. They've been wearing masks in many cases all their life. And I'm asking you today that there would be in the name of Jesus Christ that you would just take a risk today and lower the mask on your heart and open your heart to what God has for you today. So. Lord Jesus Christ, we honor you, we worship you, we love you. Father God, thank you for the provision of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the infilling and the ongoing work of your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, even today for a miracle as we take the masks off and take a look in our soul and spirit, would you please, Lord Jesus Christ, take Every truth of your word, take it the long distance from the head to the heart. Lord, we don't want there to be any barriers. We want there to be intimacy. We want there to be intimacy with you. That's why you're our savior. And we honor you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for this beautiful church. Thank you for these friends. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I want to anchor our work today in the Word of God, but the title that I've been assigned to is to really understand Jesus Christ as the Savior and helping us to get past a painful past, because everybody's got one. We're going to talk about that today, but I want to anchor our work within the Word of God and just understand that as we talk about the Word, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you're new to the Bible, it's the very first book. It's the very first chapter. It's the very first verse. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he did it for his joy. He did it for, for, because he wanted people like us to, 
to love him and to have fellowship with him and, and to talk about life and to enjoy him forever. That's why he created you. That's why he created us. And then something got in the way early on that there was a deception that took place and sin entered into the world. And God instantly, instead of just wiping it all out and going to another planet, starting all over again, he said, no, this planet I love, these people I love, I'm going to make the way for my son to be the redeemer, to be the savior here. And so he sets about from a couple and from that he makes a family and from that family comes a tribe and from that tribe comes a nation and the whole story of the, the, the pathway of, through the Old Testament is the bringing about of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And at just the right time, when everything was just right, Jesus became flesh. He became incarnate. He took on flesh and dwelt amongst us. And people say, why did he have to take on a body? He took on a body so that he could actually experience what it was like to die. Do you ever think about that? that had he not had a body, he would not have been able to die. And had he not been able to die, our sins would not have been able to be paid for and we would have had an ongoing broken relationship. And from that, Jesus came, he lived the perfect life, he died upon the cross, he was buried, he rose again, and he ascended to the Father. The Holy Spirit comes, the establishment of the church, and here you are, the beneficiary of that within the church now. It's not just the saving of the lost, but it's the healing of the saved. And when you are here, it's more than just, okay, we've come to Christ, we have new life in Christ, we have this thing called the new life, the new birth, and then the question is, what's next? What comes after that? Well, the thing is, is that's why you come to this church here at True North, because you're gathered together and you worship, you fellowship, you cry together, you laugh together, you meet one another's needs, you grow together. There's the faithful week after week after week, the preaching and the teaching of the word of God, the groups that are here, the way that they reach out to your whole family, the, the, the needs that are being met, and then you grow up in Christ and you go out into your world and the places where you go, uniquely called, and you bring about the kingdom of God to that place. That's why we do this. We gather together, we meet, we grow, we fellowship, then we go out to our world. Then we come, we gather, we grow, we fellowship. That's one of the reasons why, if it's possible, that you come actually to actually be here on site. It's really a good thing. So what are we gonna talk about today? We're gonna talk about you, and we're gonna talk about the way in which Jesus, as our Savior, helps us get past our past. He is our redeemer, he is our rescuer, he is our advocate. Then there's this whole idea of, we call this strange word born again. What does that mean, born again? That was actually asked of Jesus in the Gospel of John, chapter three. There was a, a leader and he came to Jesus by night. His name was Nicodemus and he said, well, what do I have to do? And Jesus said, you have to be born again. And the guy said, born again? What in the world is that supposed to mean? How can you possibly be born again? How can a man go back into his mother's womb and be, and Jesus said, no, you've been born of the flesh, but now you have to be born of the spirit. And that's what Jesus provides for us. So the word and, you know, just the whole idea of the, of the, the, the meaning of the word salvation or savior to, 
to make it sound, to heal us, to save us, to preserve us, to save us, and to keep us alive. And God is wanting and willing to do that big time. And so you say, well, what's the point? What's the purpose of salvation? What's the, what's the whole big deal about this? And you say, well, he's, he's our savior because he wants us to be free from, but he wants us to be free to. There's something that happens that is put off, and then there's a whole life that is put on. And this salvation, this sozo, this savior is helping us. And then... The issue is, and this is where I want to drill down a little bit today, if that's okay. Is that all right? We can do that? We want to drill down just a little bit more and say that when we come to that new life in Christ, that salvation, that new birth, we still bring into this new life our whole history of who we've, who we've been in the past. We bring us into that new relationship. And there are some things from your history, from your past, that are getting in the way of you fully realizing and fully fulfilling God's design and purpose for your life. And so we're going to talk today just for a few moments about getting past a painful past and the role that Jesus has in helping us to do that. And I will just say this, that the fact is, is that all of us have a history, yes or yes? I don't give much choice. I, I used to say this to my graduate students, and they, I'd say, do you, you know, what do you think, yes or yes? And they say, uh, not much of a choice, Dr. Don, you know, the answer is yes. But we all have a history. You have a history, I have a history, and we bring that history into our new life. So what does that history consist of? Well, glad you asked. Our history is this whole cumulative effect of the stuff of life. Now, those of you that are parents or your aunts or uncles, and you know when you look at the back seat of the car when, when the kids are done being there, you know you see the old Cheerios and you see the old uh, Fruit Loops uh, uh, cups and the, the fruit, uh, the things that you squeeze and all that. They're all, you know, smelling up the back seat of the car, right? Yes, does anyone identify with this? <laughs> or you've cleaned out an old closet or something and you realize that, that it has been accumulating a lot of stuff. And our heart accumulates the things of life. It comes down to us through our generational history. It comes down to us through our family of origin history. It comes down to us through uh, the order that we're even born that has a lot to do with who we are. And then the choices that we've made or things that have been done to us, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it could be sometimes the you messages of our childhood, all of those things that accumulate and they become a part of us. And we bring that whole history of who we are into our new life. And unless we can deal with some of that pain from our past, it will keep us from fully realizing all of God's potential for our life. Everybody has a history, we all do. It can be the good, it can be the bad, it can be the ugly, it's all there. We all have one. And so I want to talk about how can we get past a painful past. Are you with me okay? 
So sometimes it's like, sometimes it's shame. Or sometimes it's just been those things that have happened or choices that we've made that have accumulated in our life. And I wanna say today that based upon the word of God and the truth of God and the reality of Jesus Christ, he is our savior, not just for our present and our future, which is wonderful, but he's also our savior from a painful past. That's good news. And you say, well, what is shame? Well, shame is just like this, all of this, it can be a negative thing, it can be a word that was spoken, it can be someone that really got in the way, somebody that, that has hurt us. It is, by definition, it's something that's an overwhelming, uh, painful experience from someone that, that should have had our back, someone that should have been our champion, but for some reason, Something has been done or a choice that we've been made and it's become a part of our history. And that shame can keep us from realizing everything that God has for us. Do you remember that old adage that used to say, whoa, I mean, I used to be called all kinds of names. Think about my last name, Litchie, and all the ways that it can rhyme, right? Just kind of, that word you're thinking about, that's it. And, you know, but, you know, I used to say, okay, well, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know what? That's not true. Words are powerful. Powerful. In fact, the scripture says that words have the power of both life and death. Words mean a lot. And those words can come into our life and they can... Uh, can, can say things to us and we internalize them, those you messages of our childhood become the I messages of our adulthood. Now, I'm gonna say that again. The you messages of childhood can become the I messages of our adulthood. And once it's in there, and once we begin to say certain things about ourselves. It's not that it's impossible to change, but it's resistant to change. And we will tend to live according to the messages that we say to ourselves about ourselves. The scripture says that as a man, as a woman, thinks in their heart, so they are. And some of you have come to new life in Christ. And you've had pain in your life. And you've been drilling around and rolling around and recurring around those thoughts that have kept you from fully realizing all of the grace and all of the goodness and all of the freedom that you have in Christ. Those you messages can become the I messages of your adulthood. And I just wanna say that yes, life does happen to all of us. It happens to us. It can be the good, the bad, the ugly. Sometimes we lose face and sometimes uh, you know, there's, I just will say that there's few things in life that really hurt us as much as shame. And I wanna say that Jesus is our savior, even from that painful history. You say, well, where does it come from? Where does shame come from? Well, it can come from the big people in our life, can be parents, it can be, uh, it can be leaders, it can be teachers, it could be your boss at work. Sometimes someone cuts you off on the road and they will say something to you and like, 
oh man, you know, how did they know? Well, you know, it's like, I mean, serious. And those you messages that someone just says something to you to shame you. And then once it takes on a life of its own, we begin to be sometimes our very own worst enemy. And it can just roll around and rattle around in there on and on and on. And sometimes it will keep us, I will tell you, it will keep us from realizing all that God has for us in Christ. So what can you do? Well, one of the things that I do with professionally and I train people to do is you say, well, what do you do with shame? What do you actually do? And there's people that study this and they practice this and they work through it. But I'm actually asking you to be a good friend to yourself today and allow Jesus to be a good friend to you right now. And as you begin to reflect, you can begin to say, you know what, when's the first time I ever felt this way? Go back in your mind, go back in that long-term memory. When's the first time? When's the worst time? When's the most recent time? And then you begin to work it through and you say, what about me? How do I keep this going in my life? Because I can tell you that shame affects every part of us. It can affect our body, it can affect our mind, it can affect our emotions, it can affect our relationships, it can affect your ability to say yes to Jesus in the way that he wants you to say yes. It can keep you down and keep you inhibited, and I'm telling you that Jesus is the Savior, and he wants to help save you from this part of your life. That is such good news. That is such good news, and I'm so grateful, Pastor Jesse, for you taking the time to help people to understand the fullness of what we have in Jesus Christ. Listen, it is all about him. It's all about him, and as you begin to review your past, those things that were good, make sure that you bless, make sure that you look, make sure that you say, thank you, Lord, but sometimes those things that have been hurtful and painful to you, please make sure that you get it right. Please make sure that you do that. And I just wanna say that, that as you begin to have that lens that develops in your life, that lens through which we interpret life, just understand that just because you think something doesn't make it true. Now I'm gonna say that again because you're gonna see it again on the exam. That's what I used to say to my graduate students. I'd say, all right, let me say that again. They'd always say, oh, well, you know, we're gonna see that again. Listen, our lens becomes what we interpret life through. The lens we interpret relationships. And that lens can be very distorted. And I'm asking you to think about that. I'm actually asking you to think about your thinking. And realize that Jesus Christ is our savior. And he can even save us from the pain of a broken relationship, the pain of our past. I can tell you that we, we don't really live according to those events from our past. Will you take a moment and think about that? We don't, think, we, we don't live according to the events of our history. We can't because those things are done. We can't relive them. But we do relive them in our minds. We don't live according to the events. We live according to the memory. We live according to the interpretation. 
And thank God, listen, can I have your eyeballs for a minute? Thank God the interpretation that we have given to the events of our life can be edited, and that is a work of Christ in the Holy Spirit. That is such good news. That is such good news. So, I mean, go ahead. We, we've got time. We're just, but listen, here's how you do it. And, I, and I'm just going to ask you, if you do take notes, this would be something worth taking a note on. Number one, seriously, take the mask off and talk to God honestly about those things that have wounded you and hurt you. You can go back in your long-term memory and you can identify those things. And you take the mask off and you say, Lord, this was hurtful. This was painful. This was perhaps a choice that was made against me or a choice that I made that I regret. Take the mask off and talk to God honestly. David had to do that. In the Psalms, there's a whole series of Psalms that are called the imprecatory Psalms. That just simply means the Psalms of honesty, where David was honest before God. He said, God, I'm trying to live my life for you, but these people over here that don't love you, they seem like they're getting blessed and I'm hiding out in a cave. I just want you to break their teeth out. (laughs) You say, that's in the Bible? Yes, it's there. Aren't you glad God doesn't shield us from honesty? I'm also glad God doesn't always answer all of our prayers. But David was honest before God and he poured his heart out until he was emotionally spent. He poured his heart out and then he waited until God helped him see things differently. He waited before God. He was able to have a new interpretation for those events of his life. And then he was able to praise God. I just want to say that that is a tool that we've been able to use not only in trauma therapy, but we've been able to use it effectively within the church. Get before God, take the mask off, talk to God honestly, pour your heart out, be still before God, allow some time for God the Holy Spirit to help you see things differently. I'll give you just one little maybe example of that. If you were to look at this picture and I were to say, hey, what do you notice up here? It's a psychological test, maybe. How many of you see the old woman? Go ahead and raise your hand. It's good. How many of you see the young woman? Old woman? Young woman. How many can see both? I'll tell you what you cannot do. You ready for this? You cannot see both at the same time. You will choose which one you're going to focus on. And in much the same way, God works in your heart. He helps you reinterpret a very painful past. It's a work of the Spirit. It's the work of the Word of God. It's the work of good teaching and good preaching. It's the work of good fellowship. Someone, and it's also the work, if you're in a marriage or in a significant relationship, it's the work of a relationship because that person can say things to you that are different from what even you believe about yourself. Some of you can look at this picture and some of you see faces and some of you see the vases. How many can see both? But you can't see both at the same time. And if you look here very carefully, what you're going to see is the whole sermon series that Pastor Jesse is doing. This is about Jesus. 
And if you look close into his face, you see the whole redemption story of the deep love that he has for you. He's going to help you get past a painful past. I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I'm so excited here to be here today is because I'm believing that God is going to work in your life to help set you free. That is, that is really good news. That is such great news. And you see, the enemy is always going to try to remind you. He knows your name, but he's always going to call you by your sin. Jesus is well aware of our faults, but he calls you by your name. And you know what he calls you? He calls you lovable. He calls you valuable. He calls you forgivable. He calls you changeable. And when he looks at you in the eye, he says, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm never leaving you alone. I've redeemed you. I've given my life for you. And you're going to be with me forever. That is really Really, really good news. Hallelujah for that. Wow. So here's what I just want to say today. Just a simple word to you. You come to salvation by faith, trusting in Christ. Pastor Jesse's going to come in just a moment and actually help you do that if that's not been your experience. If you've been lost, I've got good news. You're about to be found. And those that are found, you can grow up and you can live in the fullness of the grace and the goodness and the power of God that's available for you now. Because listen, the work is too important. When you leave here today, you leave and you go into your world. Yes, you're not saved by good works, but you are saved unto good works. And you bring the goodness of the kingdom of God into the place where you are. That's what this is all about. And I will just say again that that it's, it's a big problem that sin is, but it's a great salvation and it's a great solution because of who he is. I will say this, that God absolutely, positively, unmistakably, he is not done with you. Can you receive that today? I mean, he is not done. He loves, values, forgives, changes, and he is with you. That's the Savior. That's the Savior that we serve. And I'm going to ask you right now, just in this moment, to trust that. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for Jesus Christ who helps us get past a very painful past. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank you.
you know, sometimes you meet people in your world and you're just so grateful that God connected you with, the, with that person. And Dr. Don is one of those people for me. And every time I sit with him and hear his heart about helping people get over their past, he, he, he truly believes it. He walks it. He lives it. And um, if you're here today, I want you to know that, that when we gather and we celebrate and we worship, we do so even in our brokenness, not because we feel like it, but because he's worthy of it. And some of you might be here today and, and that very question of what it means to be born again, you may be perplexed by it. You may be unsure of it. But this is what the Bible teaches clearly. It says there is one name under heaven by which you must be saved. It's one name, and it's the name of Jesus. And so when we gather and we worship and we pray and we exalt and we sing, it's because of that name. And if you're here today and maybe you've never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus, the Bible is clear. It says in Ephesians 2.8, it says that you receive salvation by grace through faith. It means you can't earn it means you can't purchase it, work towards it. You can only receive it. Something to be received. And I know the first time I heard a preacher on a platform talk about salvation, my mindset was this. Well, I need to fix this about myself, this, this, right? Maybe a few more things. When I fix all of those things, I'll come back. You know, the truth is, is you can't fix those things. Only he can. And so that's why he calls you where you are. He's not waiting for you to fix yourself. Only he can do that. Only he can heal and redeem and set free. So that's why he calls you in the midst of your mess, in the midst of arrogance and pride, whatever it may be, he calls you to himself. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, something supernatural happens. There's a divine exchange. The Bible says at that moment, the old is gone and the new has come. That same power, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the grave now abides, dwells, lives within you. And so in this moment, just like we do every Sunday, we give people an opportunity to get right with God, to be born again, to start life, sometimes for the first time. And so right in this moment, will you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're here today or watching online and you're ready to begin to start your life with Jesus, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer, but it's a significant one. And it's significant not because I'm leading you in it, but because you're confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are repenting of your sins and acknowledging who he is in defeating sin and death on the cross and in the grave. The Bible says when you do that, you become a child of heaven. And so I'd love to lead you in this prayer in this prayer. You're not going to say it alone. We're all going to say it with you together as a family. So come on, True North, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I receive your son Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and conquered sin and death. I'm now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, True North, clap for everybody that said that prayer. Come on, stand to your feet before we go.
Hey, if you said yes to Jesus, I want you to know it is by far the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And as you exit today, you'll see a huge sign on your left. It says, I made a decision for Jesus. You'll see people under there holding these uh, New Testaments. It's a portion of our Bible that we would love to bless you with. There's material in here to help you in your journey with Jesus. Listen, we don't, we don't want this to be a place that you attend on Sunday. We want you to be able to call this home and to look at those who are part of it as family. And so um, we'd love to encourage you and help you in your next steps, pray with you. And let me just speak to everyone else. Um, maybe you are saved and Jesus is your Lord, but you're struggling with something. Can I just encourage you? People who need prayer are not weak and they're not foolish. They're wise to acknowledge they need prayer because the truth is we all need prayer. And so if, you, if, you, if your marriage needs prayer, if you got a bad report, if you're struggling with anxiety, fear, stress, whatever it may be, listen, we have amazing pastors and teams and, and leaders that would love to come alongside you and pray with you and encourage you in your journey. It won't take long, but just stop at Next Steps. Let people know. Same for those joining us online. We have pastors online in the chat waiting to pray with you and encourage you. So do everything we can to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Is that good? Um, one thing I forgot to mention, our team put up um, on the website this week, it's active now, I believe, the annual report from um, last year. And I'm sharing that with you to encourage you to go on there and look at the faithfulness of God in what he did just last year. And to know, just like Dr. Don said, the best is still yet to come. God's not done yet. And so come on, let me pray over you. Will you stretch your hands to heaven? Let me pray for you and your families. Father, I thank you for your grace and your goodness and your mercy upon us. Father, I thank you that you are a God of second chances, that you faithfully reach out your hand and pick us up when we fall, that you constantly encourage us. And Father, I thank you that you aren't even intimidated by our arrogance and our pride. You walk right into it and you speak to it. I thank you that you call us by our name and not by our sin. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that anxiety and stress and fear and shame would be gone. Father, help us to walk by your, your word, and may we walk in the authority of the Holy Spirit. Father, go with us as we go today. In your precious and holy name we pray, faithful church said, amen, amen. God bless.